Hello and welcome to another episode of the Citizens of Lorcana podcast, a podcast where we invite you to be a part of their world. We're your host, Jared and James. Today we're talking about what to do now that you have Lorcana. So without further ado, let's jump into the episode. Hey everyone, welcome, welcome to another week. Last week we talked about our experience. Now that Lorcana has been released, we all have cards. A lot of us have been to tournaments and organized play. And today we are bringing on a guest to talk about what to do next. Especially, we talked about this quite a bit in our last podcast, if you didn't get much product. So we'd like to welcome on our very special guest, Heath, uh, from Be Our Guest. Hey, Heath, how's it going? Hello, everyone. Hello, Jared. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on. Oh, it's our pleasure. And yeah, hello so... to James. <laughs> yeah, it's like, James, you're, you're fine. Yeah, you know. <laughs> hello james hello so uh before we start talking about what's next let's find out a little bit more about you so why don't you introduce yourself heath and tell us about who you are and what you do yeah absolutely uh so again my name's heath if anyone's confused by that trying to process what that name was it's like heath ledger uh and i am uh, a self-proclaimed disney nerd so absolutely uh this game just drew me in from the moment I heard about it. Uh, and I'm also a, uh, a what I like to think is an avid TCGer. I have an on-again, off-again relationship uh, with Magic the Gathering for the last too many years, 28 years, something like that. Um, but yeah, uh, this game just absolutely spoke to me from the start. Um, I've been to Disneyland way too many times for the average adult male. Um, and will continue to go many, many more times through the rest of my life. Um, and uh, have loved all the the Disney movies throughout my life, especially the classics. Like pretty much everything from the the golden era of the '90s and back is really like prime Disney for me. Though I I have been enjoying a lot uh, in the kind of Renaissance uh, from from the Pixar days onwards. Um, and TCGs, yeah, um, constructed draft uh sealed uh anything and everything i can get my hands on i even used to play back in the day we used to play a game called mental magic um any of uh, you guys uh, in the comments have heard of that uh, effectively we would just have a stack of cards draw cards off the top and you had to name a card other than the one you drew that had the exact same cost so you could play anything from your hand other than what the cost was so i've played every format of magic out there commander and popper and, and all that good stuff um as soon as mtga came out i was on that a ton um played that to death and it kind of wore me out if i'm honest like i said on again off again i get in i get out um spent a few years doing it and and maybe spent a couple away from it but uh well that's the thing about online clients it can feel like a grind at times it does it really does um, so I'm really glad, I'm really excited to get back into paper again. Um, I haven't been, I'm ashamed to say I haven't been into an LGS for a TCG in quite a while. So when I first got to sit down again and hold paper cards and sit across from people and be in a room of people, um, loving the same game, it felt really, really good. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Sounds like you are perfectly qualified to talk about what to do next. I'm a passionate manager. <laughs> um, <laughs> and just a little teaser, you had told me off the air that you're a huge Disney nerd and you wanted some hard Disney Jeopardy questions tonight. So I'm I came slightly regretting some good that. ones. <laughs> okay, so last week, James and I talked about um, how it can feel overwhelming for new players to Lorcana, uh, who especially have not gotten their hands on much product. Uh, when and when they go up against individuals with highly constructed decks, um, we both ran into it at our events. Um, so, what advice do you have for players like that? Yeah, and I got to say, offline again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier. That I, I went back and I listened to the podcast again from last week, and I'll be honest, my my heart went out to you both a little bit hearing that and, and hearing this exact thing and experience that you went through. And so I'm, I'm really grateful that you're giving me the opportunity to, to talk through it. And, you know, before I get too deep into it, um, I know, James, you definitely shared quite a few experiences um, from, from last week and diving into that. And 
before we get too far into it, are you still feeling that way? Like, has has your feelings changed since last week, or, or is this still kind of the kind of quagmire that you're in? It's it's both changed and stayed the same. So what's um, changed about it? What's changed is I went to a sealed event on Monday night. Yeah, and I had a blast. Um, it was very fun. I got some cards, of course. I got to play uh, four rounds. I went three and one. Uh, so playing against uh, others where there was technically almost no chance where someone would have a severely lopsided deck was nice. And so it helped me to uh, be able to play the game without worrying about like what the next person after you know you sit down with someone you play a game and then you move to the next person you're like all right what's coming up next you know that it's basically going to be roughly the same thing mm -hmm. uh, and it was it was fun to do that and then last night uh i went to another uh i went to a constructed event the same one like from the previous week where i had faced off against the guy with like three fully yeah. built decks <laughs> uh, and this time it was the complete opposite i had gotten there a little late so i had to basically uh get matched against like random people who had a buy because there was an uneven amount of people yeah. um, and i ended up playing one two people who had just basically bought it, it basically just bought the starter decks and were facing me with a moderately constructed deck now because i was able to in the week in between i was able to put together a better deck and so they were basically in the exact opposite or in the same position i was in the week before yeah and it gave me a chance to see you know uh because one of them was like learning the game that day and playing basically almost essentially learning that day and just like getting blown away because they had a, a starter deck that was not able to do anything so i spent the time to teach and to show her things and and like even in the second game i was like okay put your cards down. Let's show you what you can do. Yeah. Um, and so it helped me to see that you don't like on my side as the one with the good deck. I felt bad about beating them that badly, mm -hmm. but also I used it instead to, instead of like, let, let me, let me demolish them. I used it as a chance to teach yeah. and to show what the game was possible, you know, was possible with the game. And so I think that that's something that uh, you don't necessarily need to do if you're in that situation with the better deck, but it does, it did make me feel better to be able to do that instead of just trounce them. Yeah. And I mean, props to you for, for kind of thinking outside the box there a little bit and being like, okay, let me take this one step further and, and have the opportunity to show them the game. Cause there's joy in that as well. Right. Yes. Um, so let me kind of bring it back for the audience here and kind of summarize a little bit what I'm hearing from you, which is first, you had a bad experience last week with, you know, getting trounced and being like, oh, I'm playing, you know, a, a souped up starter deck, but, you know, pretty much a, a starter deck plus, right? Yeah. And then this week, you had a bad experience where your starter deck plus was souped up enough that taking on someone with just a starter deck and blowing them out, also not feeling so good. But what I, I love is you mentioned that in the sealed deck, where you felt a little bit more parody, things were a little bit more even, that you enjoyed that. And I want to go back to last week where you're like, ah, oh, it felt like you were regretting that you didn't have the opportunity yet to accrue this, you know, really competitive deck. Right. Right. You wanted to be competitive. You wanted to win those promos, but you didn't have that that capability yet. But what I'd, I'd put to you is, do you think that if I gave you that deck today and you were able to win the majority of your matches against opponents not too far off from the one that you met, would that actually bring you joy? Would you actually enjoy that? Uh, well, a certain aspect, yes. I think so, because winning is always fun. <laughs> winning is fun. <laughs> but uh, not probably not. I probably wouldn't... Uh, and especially the whole like just getting it you know yeah. the the process is is actually is becoming part of the fun it's yeah. not necessarily always fun fun but it it's definitely so i what happened is, is i was able to get a booster box so i was able to fill in a few gaps yeah. uh, and fill in the deck and change it around a little bit 
and then with the whole Disneyland thing, uh, where we were able to get a couple of, of gift sets, I managed to get a couple of those. And again, a few more cards to fill in things. So it's, it's a part of that, but also I know that just being handed a deck, uh, I don't think is going to make me feel better about it because then I will just be being handed a deck and then I won't be going on that journey that has been this last year of getting to the game. And now the journey is playing the game and just being handed stuff, I think, would probably not feel as good as learning as I go, building as I go, and improving over time. I love that you segued into that because that was actually the second point that I wanted to bring up as you talked about this collection piece and how that was almost as important to you, if not as important to you, as the playing piece. Right. Um, and you were a little disappointed last mm -hmm. week about your capacity too, right? And you answered the question I was going to ask you already, which is like, if I gave you a full collection today, would you actually, you know, how, how long would that high last, right? <laughs> like you'd be feel good for a couple of days and then you'd be like, well, what's next? But you found the joy in the chase, right? Yeah. Um, you found the joy in, you know, Lorcana's playing a little hard to get right now. And some of that can be exciting, right? It makes the discovery and the getting the card you've been waiting for all that much more thrilling when you knew when you know that it's you know not an easy thing. You can't just buy four boxes and boom, you're done. Right. Right. So if going back to the question that was asked, right? We've dug a, a deep here now. Going back to the question I was asked, which is what advice would I have for new players that either can't afford to or just, you know, for for love of money couldn't uh, access product is think about what you're actually in the game for, right? Is it just to win? Is it just to be uber competitive and, and get promos? Or is it to enjoy the game? Is it to enjoy the play and enjoy the thrill of, of getting these cards in your hand and, and getting the product? Um, and I would argue that whether you get four booster boxes or five packs, you can accomplish the same thing. I think on the play side, the goal you should have is not being uber competitive, but trying to, to keep pace to some degree, but just seek out parity, right? Don't go to the uber competitive competitions. I was on the Illumiteers on Monday with uh, Frank, who ran the Tennessee 1K, and he told his locals, you probably shouldn't participate in this event because it's going to be uber competitive. And I thought that was an amazing thing because he could have just taken everyone's money and been like, you know what? Yeah, come along, <laughs> right? Yeah. But no, he, he realized that for players, you know, seek out opportunities that are aligned with how you want to play. Locally, we've got events that are booster draft. We've got leagues that are a little bit more competitive and we've got open play, which is a little bit more casual. So seek out the the peers and the, the events that are aligned with how you want to play in terms of parity. And then in terms of collection, just know that it just makes it that much more exciting when you get to open the product that you do and don't try and force it, right? There's so many people around you, hopefully, that are telling you don't fall into the FOMO, right? Don't embrace that. Instead, look for the opportunities that you can to get product at a price that's reasonable for you. And then just really savor those moments, really embrace them. And uh, and hopefully in that, you'll find the joy that you're seeking uh, and hopefully much more than it would be if you were just handed a deck and, you know, trounced some people and won some promos but I want the cards. <laughs> <laughs> no. And, and it was great because um, last night after the, uh, the, the event, uh, I bought three more packs, came home. Uh, I had the three left and I was, I asked my wife, uh, I asked her if she wanted to open any. She's like, no, go ahead. You can open them. So I'm like, well, come over and watch. So I was opening the packs. I got to the third one and uh opened it up and i do the thing where you know just like real quick get rid of those commons and get down to the uncommons and that last uncommon you do it slow to see with first rare mm -hmm. and i'm like all right it's just a rare it's decent and then i'm like i slid it up a little bit and you see the legendary symbol and i'm like all right and she's standing right next to me and i'm like all right which one do you think it is <laughs> is it because we're still missing we're still missing a few and i slide it up and then i just take it off real quick and then she gasped and screamed a little bit because it was bell who we hadn't oh, gotten yeah. yet and so i'm like and that is after we we were like celebrated for a minute i'm like and that is why 
we collect TCGs and open packs and have yeah. so much fun doing it for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. And I think that, you know, we're getting too wrapped up in, I want to have the best deck and I want to fill up my collection tomorrow. It's like, we're going to have, my hope is this game has years and years to come. Um, it lasts as long and longer than magic. And if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for something to to play for a long time, then why does it matter if it takes a few weeks or a few months even to to really build out your collection? Because there's a new the set every deck. three months. That <laughs> <laughs> too. That is a problem. Yes, but I, I think part that's of a problem for another day. I think. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, and I think uh, reaching into the future, I think yeah. that just this being so new and so fresh and so you know like. For, for especially for those of us who haven't been doing this for so many years, it, it we don't like have that ingrained in us yet. Where yeah, like yeah, there's something coming in three months, and you're gonna have to do it all over again. So just pace yourself, pace yep. yourself. You got to slow it down. You got to mm-hmm. you got those whole three months to get everything you need and work through everything. And because you're gonna do that cycle again in three months, so yeah, pacing yeah. yourself. But it has been testing my patience. It definitely has. But I've been doing okay. Just remember the moments that you enjoyed the most. And I wonder if it was winning a promo or if it was those games where you really just enjoyed the game and enjoyed playing in the community. Well, I did win a promo last night, but it was a roll of the dice, so I didn't earn it. (laughs) Hey, you know what? You still got it. But I still got it. So at least there's that. So like one down, two to go. And uh, so we'll go from there. I know. Right. Hey, J- Jared's just happy to be opening flounders, man. Like as long as he's got those flounders, then everything is rainbows and blue skies. He's got it on the back of his phone. He's one on the back. There's one on the back of his phone. He's always with me. That's yeah. hilarious. He's always with us in our hearts, Jared. <laughs> I appreciate your support of Team Flounder. Yeah, it got a little dicey there with uh, Lorcana wardrobe the other day, but. <laughs> uh, so. Heath, you started a new series on your YouTube channel that is basically about what we're talking about. So first, tell us uh, what your channel is, where it is, and what you're doing with it. Yeah. Um, So I am, in theory, a a content creator. Um, I got into this space strictly because, quite frankly, what I was looking for wasn't on uh, the internets yet. Um, in terms of that content creation. So I'm like, you know, I I, I said, I think in my first video, uh, I said, uh, I pulled a Thanos and said, I'll do it myself. Uh, I do not have a James Brolin accent or, or impression, so I can't really pull that out. Um, and uh, so I'm just like, you know what, let's do it. I hadn't done content creation before. I certainly hadn't done video editing before. I'm like, let's dive in. And uh, 30, 35 some odd videos later, I think I'm getting pretty good at it. Uh, where you can find me is on YouTube at at BRGuestLorcana or on Twitter at at BOGLorcana because Twitter has a character limit. <laughs> I couldn't fit it all in there. But yeah, our, our channel name is BRGuest. And the series you're talking about is in our league uh, where I live. It's pretty casual, right? We're not, uh, you know, uh, top placers every week get extra prizes. It's Let's play, which I love. Um, I am a little competitive, so there is part of me that wants to, you know, go for records and all that. But I think given what we just talked about, that that was the best. But the thing was, is although they were selling at MRSRP, and thank you to Infinity Cards and Collectibles in Alter Grove, uh, BC, uh, for selling at MRSRP, they didn't have a ton of product. And they wanted to space it out and make sure that it lasted and everyone could get access to it, which I loved. So as a result, the first week of the league was just a starter deck plus a booster. It's like... That's all you got. So the one that's in the box plus one. And then every subsequent week, we can buy two more boosters, right? So my thought process was, what if this was the entirety of someone's world, right? They didn't have access to any other product. They didn't go to Vancouver like I did. They didn't go down to Bellingham like I did. Like that that was it, right? What could they do? And could they be competitive? And so I wanted to prove that, yes, you could be. So I took a starter deck. I took the cards that I pulled out of those two boosters and built those out. And obviously, that's what I played with the first week. And I did pretty good. And then the second week, I just slotted in the cards that uh, I got from what I could use from the additional two boosters. And I once again, did pretty good. I lost one deck, 
someone that had bought four boxes. <laughs> yeah. But had a ton of fun and was still able to be uh, fairly competitive. Now, obviously, I've been playing the game for a little while now, so that does factor into it. And to all you starting at home, practice is going to help. But I think that given the fact that there's such a, a wide variety of, of what players are able to access right now, you do get a lot of parity, even with you know a lack of product. Um, yeah, you're going to lose to the guy that bought to four boxes. But quite frankly, you've got the moral victory because <laughs> if you didn't lose by much, which I didn't, I lost by one one lore, then um, you know, then you're doing pretty good and you're having fun in the process, hopefully. So that's what the 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 this particular series is all about, is just trying to show you that you can do it, right? You can do it with if you can't afford much, you can do it if you just don't have access to much, um, and still have fun with it. What I will say from my experience going to league play, I shared it last week as well, but my first opponent basically had a, a starter deck plus a pack. He added a queen and another Maleficent, uh, the one where you draw an extra card when you play her. Yep, Maleficent was my favorite card in the set. And I, I had bought three, like I had opened three boxes by this point. So I was one of those people um, and he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> and and by game three he was sitting at the top table so um and i, I can just uh, uh i can just comment on what you're saying that you can be competitive if all you have is a starter deck plus yeah and again i would also challenge you that you don't have to be at the top table to have fun but i think no, you, you know be, right practice you know learn the cards um, because ultimately, I think Ravensburger, Ravensburger did a beautiful job of creating a lot of parity and a lot of balance in this game. Um, the fact that if you look at the, if you're a data person at all, and you saw the Pixelborn data that came out of their top hundred players, and what was it like six thousand games or something? Almost every deck was at fifty-fifty, pretty much. Yeah. yeah, like there was a lot of balance in this game. So use that to your advantage and just you know practice playing. But there's a lot more joy in winning than losing. <laughs> Anyway, I uh, had fun in that game against the guy with the with the four boxes. I had fun in that game. You're a better I man than it, me. I kept it tight in spite of the the parody, the lack of parity rather in in our decks. Okay, so say I have a little extra money, yep. and also hypothetically speaking, that there is Lorcana sealed product available. Say yep. I have a little extra money and I want to improve my deck. Where would you suggest starting? Buying singles, like going on Pixelborn, testing out decks and trying to buy the cards that match your deck or buying sealed product. And I have a feeling you're going to say whatever brings you joy. <laughs> Are you sensing a trend here, Jerry? <laughs> um, to some degree, that's absolutely what I was going to say. But I'll get to that in a second because I do have a, a legitimate answer and then I'll, I'll get to that piece because I have something to say about that as well. So first of all, let's work under the assumption that you can find some product at least at or near MSRP, because although I know it's not abundant, it is available to some degree. In Western Canada here, we I think we're hit as hard as anybody in terms of lack of options for MSRP. And I still managed to scrape together a few packs. I've opened about 20 packs so far. Um, and uh, so let's start with that. Would I buy seal product or not? Uh, Ultimately, I think that your best value is probably going to be singles to a degree. Um, so everybody, pretty much to a person, probably wants to open some sealed product. So I'm not going to say don't open any. But for example, am I going to buy four, five, six boxes? Or am I going to try and buy the equivalent of one or two and then fill out the rest with singles? Um, and I think that's probably the answer is a balance to some degree of the two. Um, but I will tell you that singles for the most part will probably have better value, but again, wait, so this is where we're going to get a little bit into minutia because I want to lead, I don't want to lead you astray, dear listener, um, which is wait a little bit, right? Wait for the times with a market flood. So just after the few days after we get a large influx of cards, just after September 1st, just after whatever, presumably, uh, from what we're hearing, there's a second LGS wave that's usually when your single prices will be lowest. So have a little bit of patience there. Um, so that's probably going to be your best value. But my my honest opinion is that for the most 
common person, you're probably going to want to open a little bit of uh, sealed product and a little bit of singles. The one thing I'll say around the singles is try and be careful. Like there's some rares, for example, that are really high priced right now. You've got Be Prepared, you've got Cusco, you've got Lilo, some New rares world. that yeah, that will probably be a lot more abundant and will probably go down in price. They're just so high right now because they're so popular. So be careful about those ones. So I would target legendaries and super rares that you really want to play that are maybe a little bit lower value right now. Right. Um, if you want to build the item slingers deck, you know, your your Tamatoa is so shiny. Uh, I'm going after Ursula right now because I think that she's great and she's pretty low uh, cost right now. Um, don't go after, you know, your Bell, your Rapunzel, your Monstrous Dragon. Those are not an arm and a leg right now. So have a little bit of patience there. Again, you don't have to build, you know, the the top four of the Tennessee 1K tomorrow to, to enjoy playing locally. So target the ones that are a little bit better value, open a little bit of product, and then try and do some trading. That's part of the joy of TCGs as well. Do some trading with your friends, try and get together and get 60%, 70% of the way to the deck you want to build. And that will probably suffice you for the next two to, you know, two to three, I was going to say months, probably two to three weeks. And then, you know, maybe a little bit more after that, but don't try and go too wild with it. But I will tap one piece on that joy, which is I will say that I do get joy in the sealed product. James, you were alluding to this earlier. It's like, one, it's a little bit of gambling, but two, it's the excitement, it's the thrill, right? It's like that moment with Belle, you know, she held her breath. She, you know, just gasped that we finally opened Belle. Like, yeah. So I'm not going to try and tell you not to chase that a little bit if, if that's something that you uh, find joy in. But I would just caution you to, to know if you're going to be super disappointed if you don't get that, right? We've seen the disparity in the, the way that um, rarities are packed, right? We've seen boxes. I got a box of eight legendaries and I've seen boxes with three. Didn't you I have some three? of that? I, I watched your uh, video where you got eight legendaries, but yes. My two boxes at Gen Con each had three legendaries in them. So I got a total of six out of the two boxes. So if that's going to be crushing for you. Like It was crushing. My third box that I got from my LGS, I had seven on it in it. Yeah. So that made me feel a little bit better. Yeah. So just know that in yourself. Like, yes, seek that joy if that would bring joy to you. But if the opposite happening would be crushing to you, then be mindful of that, right? Yeah, you don't want to pull uh, two of the starter deck uh, characters as the two rares in one pack. Yeah. And that that's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, I was saying on Twitter earlier today that I'd still rather pull uh, Heroic Outlaw than I'd rather pull uh, Super Rare Taka, but... Uh... Yes, probably. <laughs> but that's just Although it, right? I... There's disparity in quality of each, right? So if you pull all the junk ones, like, is that going to feel so bad for you? As long as I still need them for my playset, I'll be fine. Exactly, right? So you recognize, James, that for you, there's joy in multiple different things, right? If you pull the, the chase stuff, that's great. If you pull the stuff you're looking for, that's great. So you can kind of, you know, find joy in different paths. But if for you, all you're chasing is the, the top cards and you'd be crushed otherwise, maybe rethink and just go after the singles. Right. Trying so to level set expectations here. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so speaking of uh, what we're talking about being able, if there's product available. So if you feel like the, the like, do you feel like the shortage of the cards is going to push everyone online uh, until there is product? Um, and then would a byproduct of that, you know, end up being that, um, you know, the person feels like they need to play online in order to be truly competitive. Yeah. So, few thoughts on that first of all and I, I think everyone's kind of saying this so you know i'm not gonna uh, beat the obviously support the game in buying the cards as best you can at a price that you know makes sense for you but at the end of the day it's really important if we love this game that it lasts that it's sustainable right um so we need to make sure that that we're supporting that but I think even Ravensburger themselves has acknowledged that you know for the casual player that's still trying to figure things out it's okay at home to, you know, play with proxies. I don't think they're necessarily supporting the online platforms, but to to not necessarily dive into the um, the buying of the cards immediately if, you know, finances are challenging for you. So whether you're seeking, you know, 
third party, we'll call it platforms or playing with proxies at home, I would say start with that to a degree, which is if again, finances or, or accessibility are difficult for you, um, make sure that you love, love the deck first, right? Again, if you think you need to build a competitive deck and then you build that deck, you put all this money and all this effort into building this deck and then you play it for the first time and you hate it, well, then you're you're off the game, right? And what we all want collectively in the community here is for everyone to love the game, right? And love the game where you're at and at a level and in a way that appeals to you, right? Um, I've played plenty of meme decks in uh, in Magic, um, you know, just for the fun of it. And you can do play however you want to play with this game. So yeah, in that aspect, I would play a little bit online or play with proxies or whatever to begin with if... Uh, if that's going to be a big problem for you is, is the accessibility of the price. Now, in terms of being competitive, right? Again, this goes back to, is it that important that we're competitive? Like, is it, is it, we must be the best of the best of the best, right? Um, if you just feel like you have to be competitive, like I see all these other people around me that are trying to win and super competitive, and I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. Um, don't feel pressured into being uber competitive, but if, you want to be if you're like no this is part of how i you know enjoy the game is competing and and winning um then yeah to some degree you need to vary your opponents you need to experience a lot of different opponents a lot of different matchups um and the easiest way to do that right now is online the hope is that we develop the community enough locally that you can do that in person but right now if that's your goal, then yeah, playing online is going to be the easiest way to play a lot of games. And I'll say for from my experience, when I played My Hero, I played some games on Tabletop Simulator. And what it did was it did introduce me to different decks. And I ended up buying more than I probably would have otherwise. Because I'm like, yeah, I really like that card. I want it for my deck for when I play at Locals. So, I mean, I think that there is a positive to playing online. Um, and then as far as being like competitive, because there are a lot of people that do want to be competitive. There's also a lot of people who don't, but, um, having the ability to go online and play is super convenient. Yeah. One of the things I noticed if you are, especially in the current Lorcana environment where we do have this product shortage is if you go online and you build that meta deck or you put together something that you would love to play and it's got all the best cards that you think that you want in there and those cards are difficult to come by, you can have a feel bad where when you do go sit down to play in person with what you do have, you do feel uh, like you're missing out because you no longer can play all the cards that you want to play. And so that's just something to keep an eye on and look out for, I think, is to not get so engrossed in playing those best decks online that that's what you feel that the game should be. Uh, because the game is a lot of different things. So just make sure that you're also playing like on the on the kitchen table and playing with your deck a lot so that you can, one, obviously get used to your deck and, and learn it. Yeah. But also so you don't just get into that mindset where, it's it's less than and not as good and not as fun to play that. I think that's one thing that I noticed when if I did put together a good deck and then went and played my deck, uh, like when we were doing proxies or whatever. Yeah. That it did feel uh, I just like, oh, man, I wanted to play this card. I don't have this, card, you know, so <laughs> Where's my four Elsa spirit of winter. Exactly. So, you know, that's yep. something I think that we definitely need to keep an, an eye out on for as well. I'll agree with that by saying the opposite thing as well, which is. <laughs> That's an odd way of putting it, which is um, part of the problem with pay playing competitively in my mind is that you it can lead to burnout. If you're not truly dedicated to being competitive, you're playing very similar matchups. You're playing your same deck every time. You're playing very similar matchups, the top decks, every time. And it's again and again and again. Whereas in person, especially right now, I think one of the beauties of the lack of product is you've got so much variety. Right, it's very unlikely that you're going to see the exact same deck with the exact same deck list any two times in a row. Um, so that's another beauty of of playing in person, especially right now. It's true. I agree. So last week you shared an image with you at your local tournament where you got to meet the one and only Nicholas Cole. What was that experience like? Was he there signing autographs? Was he playing? Just uh, tell us all about that. Oh my! And goodness. tell us who Nicholas Cole is in case people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. So I would say, and, you know, a bunch of amazing artists in the set, but I would say Nicholas Cole is kind of the artist for Lorcana or the main artist for Lorcana. Um, he designed all the uh, characters that you see on the starter decks. That was his work. Um, there was plenty of other cards, Simba Future King, um, uh, Maleficent Sinister Visitor, um, Elsa Snow Queen. Um, yeah, so ton of great cards. I believe he also designed the packaging, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Yeah, yeah, I think so, he, he had a hand in helping out, I think. Yeah. Was it, so, was it, it might have been some no, it was uh it was I think it was like Bill. It was someone it was one of the other totally getting checked on this in the comments. Someone's yeah, coming yeah. at us in the comments with it, it was definitely someone on Twitter saying I got to do this and it was really cool seeing behind the scenes. So it was definitely one of the artists who normally just does art got to help with the product side of it. Yeah. Well, regardless, I mean, absolutely stunning art. Um, so first of all, great artist, just regardless. He was there um, kind of doing a meet and greet and signing cards, which was great. Um, he actually played at a separate event earlier that uh, week, and he's actually playing in a booster draft uh, coming up a week from now, which I'm really excited for. But, you know, it would be enough if he was a great artist, but a great human being, like absolutely um, a really wonderful experience meeting him. He was gracious. He was kind. He was funny. Had great stories. Like everything that you could hope for in, in meeting somebody. Um, and uh, so I was really grateful for it. Um, I think that uh, you know I'll be really fortunate to get a chance to see him again. But if you ever get a chance to, to meet him at any convention or, or anything like that, take the opportunity because uh, you won't regret it. Yeah, he was at Gen Con, and I got to meet him there. And uh, definitely had to wait in line. Probably didn't get the quality time like you did, but 100% agree with everything you said about him just being a quality human. And uh, I'm pretty sure he never played any TCGs before Lorcana, but the fact that he's like actually getting into it is really cool. Yeah. Uh, I, I joked with him while I was drafting because that was a, a draft as well. I said, I'll be honest, uh, Nicholas, I, I just drafted a card strictly because I needed you to sign it. It was an Elsa. And I'm like, I was debating between two cards. Then I'm like, why am I debating? I don't have a Snow Queen yet. I need to take this card so that he can sign it. So I will cherish, cherish that one. Yeah, I think I saw him say that that his next event he's going to, he's like, hey, if you want to come to this shop, you know, I'm going to be there doing the whatever. And he's like, and my, I'm bringing my family. And, he, and then he replied to that. And he's like, I'm legit bringing my family. My mom and dad are coming. And I was like, "That's that's awesome." He's bringing like, yeah, mom and dad are coming to watch 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 their boy be a success and do the thing that he had such a big hand in. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. I'm hoping he's bringing them to convert them so they start playing too. <laughs> Just get the whole family playing. Probably so he can play on the you know play at the kitchen table in it. Uh, you know when when they're visiting and stuff like, hey, let's break out some Larkana. Like I I did this mm -hmm. one. Yeah, I did this one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that there is an opportunity in the future that he continues working on Lorcana to the point where you can build the Nicholas Cole deck and just have you know, just that his awesome. deck. That would be very cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, one question that we like to ask other content creators is, what advice do you have for those who want to get into content creation? Yeah. So I thought that was a, such a, a fascinating question because I'm sure you get a bunch of, of distinct answers. For me, there, there was two things that I think stood out in terms of advice. The first one is just don't make it work. Um, you know, enjoy it. Maybe, you know, maybe it becomes something greater and that's amazing. But start with it as a true hobby, as something, a passion project, as something that you love to do. Because I can tell you that the, the road to it becoming anything is a long and winding road. And if you're not loving it every step of the way you're probably not going to make it there. And it may take a little longer that way, but you'll be so much better for it. And the hope is your audience will, you know, appreciate a lot more that you're just being your genuine self and not trying to fit some mold or check some box. No, I uh, talked to some content creators who started this journey with us. And it's just almost amazing how consumed <laughs> some of them have become by it. I mean... Um, and it almost just sounds stressful. Um, I, you know, James and I took that same approach when we got together. We're like, let's just get together and talk Lorcana. 
And I think we were lucky because we were first and we also have just been consistent. We've missed one week and that's because of Gen Con. And, uh, you know, we're fortunate enough that people find us valuable enough to tune in. But I give people the same advice, you know, do it for fun. Um, when it gets to the point where it like takes over your life, um, you might need to step back and, <laughs> and, and unless that's like exactly what you're going for, but it, like you said, it's a long, hard journey to get to that point. Yeah. And I think, I think if I may say so, one of the things that, you know, stood out for the two of you is, is what I said earlier, which was just being genuine, just being, you know, heartfelt human beings, um, loving what you do and, and being passionate about it. And, and that res- resonates with people, you know? Aww. <laughs> and I assure you it's not because you're here because I can, I have no time for false flattery. <laughs> I'm too, too <laughs> exhausted all the time to do that. But, you know, you talk about it being consuming. I felt that for a brief moment when the set was first fully revealed and I was doing my full set reviews and I had nights where I was up to like 1 a.m. I'm like, no, this this isn't happening. I told myself at the start, do this for fun. So I reminded myself of that. and <laughs> I'm going to stick by that. I've I felt that too. I'm like, boy, is this tweet is Ravensburger? What are again? What are they going to think of this tweet? Or like, you know, should I be doing X Y Z? Like, it it got to a point where it's like all I could think about. And I still think about it a lot, but I mean, be the tortoise, not the hare. You know, <laughs> get to the finish line. I I think James has said it before, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, James. He's like, the moment it stops being fun, that's when we stop. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So that would be my main advice. And I do have one second piece of advice, which is, I think, you know, as much as you can engross yourself in the community, um, because you'll find amazing, you know, supporters and mentors, you know, uh, Jared, you were so thoughtful to reach out to me, you were the first one in the community that really, you know, made the, the effort to connect with me. And um, that stood out. And it really, I think, you know, drove me to, to, to keep going and to, you know, um, know that I was making a bit of an impact and that, you know, it it wasn't, uh, all just shouting into the void. Um, so look for that, you know, um, I think, uh, there was actually, and I'll give a a bit of a shout out to, uh, mom does games, uh, on Twitter. She just put out a, a tweet earlier today saying, you know, is there anybody out there that would be willing to connect with me, to give me advice, to give me tips and all that? I think that was such a a, a smart move yep. and a, a great strategy because one, it came out as a genuine, just like, please help. And two, um, hopefully it's, um, you know, inspired some people to reach out to her and to, to give her some advice. So I think that's a great start. And I can understand, like it can be intimidating to reach out to somebody that you think is like so far above you. I remember when I first started, I thought, you know, we don't talk about, you know, and Lorcana cast. I'm like, man, those guys are like so far above me. Um, but, you know, I have reached out to them and they're just genuine people. And for me on Twitter, like I've used Twitter before and it is like talking into a void and it can just be like so uh, defeating. And so that was one of my main goals when I first started my Twitter account is like, I'm just going to interact with these people who probably have the same experience with me. Like people like to know that they've been heard and they like to know, I mean, one, one simple, like one simple thumbs up can make somebody's day. And if you comment or repost it, it'll, it'll make their day. So I do try to reach out to new content creators when I uh, notice them. I've not been as good about that lately because I just have like a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, but uh, definitely need to get back on that train. Funny you should say that because I'd actually like to throw out a piece of advice for established content creators, which is Jared can't do this all himself. So to to all of the established content creators out there, you know, reach out to the the smaller channels, you know, like mine, Um, reach out to the smaller (laughs) channels, Uh, reach out to the new content creators, um, uh, Lorcadia is a great example, you know, uh, she just started recently, but, you know, I think we all felt, uh, you know, great about her from the start and, and how genuine she is. And so she's been embraced by the community. I think we need to do more of that. Um, oh, I think so there's always in- an opportunity. 
was so interesting to me how we rallied around her video. Everybody reposted it, commented on YouTube. But then for every one of those, there's like 10 that just go unnoticed. Yeah, right. So like you said, like what what does it take to repost someone or to, to quote them or to comment? Um, and what could you do for that person? And, um, you know, again, like forget about long term, like forget about, you know, making them go viral. I'm just talking about making their day, you know. Well, and I've made so many friends just from doing that. And James can attest to this too. One of my secret powers is, well, and you alluded to this too, is I like to send people DMs because I mean, it's one thing to comment on their posts, but then to like send them a personal message saying, I loved your video. Um, I hope to see more. Um, Like even for me still to this day, when somebody does that, it just makes my day. So um, I know it might seem extra, but it you never know whose day you're going to make. Yeah. Um, I had one more content creator question for you here. Yeah. Um, do you feel like creating content? You, you've talked a lot about the joy of the game. Do you feel like creating content can take away from the enjoyment of the actual game itself? We've both talked about how there have been moments where we felt like <laughs> we were more worried about putting out the next piece of content than actually enjoying the game. And when I was at Gen Con, for example, I mean, as an exemplifies there and I spent the whole time chasing around content and stuff, actually like being there present in the moment with people enjoying the game. Uh, does that take away from the Lorcana experience? And, and did that make any sense? Because I used a lot of words there. <laughs> well, if I can summarize and you can tell me if it did make sense by if I summarized it uh, effectively, which is do I feel like there's uh, a getting pulled in in different directions between content creation and love of the game or enjoying the game or being in the moment, right? It's the person taking the picture while they're traveling versus the person just admiring the view. Bingo. Yeah. Um, and so let me ask you a question there, Jared. If you felt like if you'd done that in this hypothetical world, if you'd gone chasing every every opportunity for content creation, do you feel like that would have been fulfilling for you? I feel like I would have missed out. Yeah. I mean, there's so many people that I've talked to over the past year and uh, like not like, missing that opportunity to connect with them would have been a huge disappointment for me. So let me ask you a follow up question. Do you think everyone feels the same way? No, they don't. Yeah. So I think you know what I'm going to say, which is you talked about joy. Find what you get joy. And if you're a content creator, if you're pursuing being a content creator, what we said earlier, don't make it work, right? If you want to pursue this, if you want to make something of it, um, you could go to a, a Gen Con or, or something like that, or the Miami TCG Con that's coming up. You could go there and you could do all these amazing things and, and get these likes and, you know, get these subs and all that great stuff. But at the end of the day, a year from now or two years from now or five years from now, is there a chance that you would have been that much happier, you know, fully experiencing that and living the moment? Or are you happier having done that? It comes down to a bit of self-awareness, which is what do you actually get joy in? And I would just challenge you to try and as best you can know what does and pursue that. And if it's the content creation, if it's chasing every opportunity, do that. If it's living in the moment, if it's enjoying the view instead of taking the picture, do that. Amen. Can I have said it better? Yeah, exactly. I, I wanted to uh, mention something just on the technical, like brain side of it that I've noticed over the years of going to conventions. When you are doing something to uh, record the event, in my case, taking photos, I've taken a lot of photos at convention at conventions uh, to post, you know, edit them. And when I get home and post them on whatever, Flickr, social media, whatever, um, I notice that when I'm doing that of taking the photo, even though I am staring through the lens at the person, I am watching and listening to them talk, yeah. nothing sticks. Yep. I'm not actually experiencing what is happening. I am experiencing it in a certain mode, which is taking photos and getting shots. And the like, if it's someone that I actually enjoy as like an actor, and they're talking about a show that I really love. 
I can sometimes have to go back and if someone recorded the panel, I will have to watch the panel to know anything about what was talked about on that panel, even though I experienced it with my own eyes and ears because I was doing something to record that, yeah. taking the photos. So if you are a content creator who actually wants to have that memory sticking in your brain, I don't mm. know if everybody's like me, but my wife has said the same thing that she will not remember like anything that happened while she's taking photos. So if you want to have that memory stick in your brain, put the camera down for a few minutes so you can actually enjoy the moment yourself with your own eyes and your own brain recording it so that you remember that. So that's just something I noticed from the many times that I've gone to conventions to do this. And yeah, again, like you said, if you enjoy it, fine. If you want to go watch it after and that's the way that you want to do it, great. But it definitely will happen. If you're getting into it and you don't know that this will happen, it is something that will happen most likely. You will forget everything about what you're doing that that happened there until you rewatch it on the camera. Yeah, and I think forgive yourself for making the wrong choice sometimes too. All we can make is the, the best decision based on how we feel and the information we have at the time. And I think, James, my main takeaway from what you said was take your, your eye off the camera for a moment, which is, I think your best course of action is do a, a little bit of both and, and figure yeah. out for yourself what feels right. Yep. Which I take less photos now. So, you, you know, that's, you know, I want to do. You do still take some, right? You balance. I, do, I do still st right. take some. Yes, I do. You struck the balance that works for you. So what are we doing next? What's coming up? Are we done? Are we done grilling him? <laughs> yeah. Let's, <laughs> uh, let's move into the ending segments here. We have Lorcana lexicon. And what is the Lorcana lexicon for today, Jared? I'm grasping at straws at this point. So one of the terms that you'll hear people say is the heart of the cards. I've said mm -hmm. it before. This is a reference from Yu-Gi-Oh. Like it's almost become a meme because when Yu-Gi-Oh is in a battle, uh, he's losing and he needs to draw the one perfect card to defeat his opponent. And he says, I trust in the heart of the cards or something like that. And he draws the the card. So a lot of times when people are desperate, they say heart of the cards, right? You may also hear another version of that as one time. Let me get my one time. <laughs> Slam the top of the deck down. Uh, I think that the most uh, iconic moment of that is uh, actually uh, magic. There was a pro tour where someone needed exactly lightning helix uh, off the top of the deck. And, uh, and they just windmill the top card of the deck down on the table. And there it was. Um, yeah. I love that. It's awesome. You say meme like it's a bad thing. <laughs> no, it's not a bad thing, but it is a meme. Yeah. Oh, part of the cards. Well, if we're if we're scratching the bottom of the barrel here, maybe we should uh, ask some uh, some folks to send in some su suggestions for things we can cover. Yeah. There we go. So if you if, if you think there's one that we haven't covered, uh, send them in. Put it in the comments or. Uh, uh, at Jared on Twitter. <laughs> at Citizens of Lorcana. At Jared. I don't know who that'll take <laughs> you to. Anyway, let's move into the news. We we do have some news. Uh well, Disney Parks got their product like we were promised. It just was a little late. Uh it was it was like 10 days late and it didn't last a day, of course. They only got starter decks and gift sets. Uh, I think at Walt Disney World, it sold out a lot faster than it did at Disneyland. Uh, apparently, some people have said that Disney World tends to get a lot less product than Disneyland does, which is really weird to me because most of the Disney operations have moved to Florida and it's a bigger place and you would think that they would get more. But anyway, Disneyland sold out of starter decks about... I think it was five or six hours after they went on sale and uh, the gift sets lasted almost 12 hours. Wow. So not bad. <laughs> I was lucky enough to get two of the gift sets from, uh, from Disneyland. So that was nice. Uh, what other news do we have? Uh, we have product showing up at big box retailers early. Specifically Walmart. Days. I, I haven't heard of any other big box showing. Targets, a few targets started oh, yeah. showing up okay. today. Yeah. So just a few, not very many, because Target apparently is much better about not breaking street date than Walmart is. Um, 
And then uh, some of the other places, you know, we know that Best Buy already had their pre-orders go up. Supposedly, they're going to get some in store. A lot of the different places that they mentioned, like FYE, GameStop, uh, Hot Topic, Barnes & Noble. Uh, and I shout out a couple Canadian ones. Yes, yeah. Canadian ones like Toys R Us, right? Toys R Us, uh, GameStop also, uh, Indigo or Chapters, depending on where you're at uh, in the country, um, Walmart as well. And then a smaller chain called Mastermind Toys. I don't know if that's just on the West Coast, but um, we've got three in the ben greater Vancouver area. And they're that's also place I want to go. That sounds like a cool place. It is a cool place. It's got a lot of like intellectual toys for kids, which I love. So it's it's supposed to all be showing up. Uh, basically, the morning that this episode drops should be when product is available across the country and across North America and across the world at big box retailers, supposedly. So uh, we'll have to wait and see how that actually goes down. Like apparently GameStop may not get it for an extra week, according to their system. Who knows? And if you're hearing this and you didn't get any, just rewind the episode and listen through it again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, from what from what we can tell, I think it's I think if you if you've paid attention to trading cards at all, you can know that like in those gaming aisles at the front of the stores at Targets and Walmarts, those things get stocked almost weekly. Uh, sometimes it's not except for some stores, just like every month, some stores don't even have a TCG section anymore because of what happened Mine. during a. Uh, during lockdown um but for the ones that do sometimes it's weekly so maybe more lorcana will show up if it gets sold out so keep going back you know keep checking um there will should be some online sales at all of these like uh i think um shop disney has uh, on the website for the lorcana page it's actually going on sale at midnight pacific time uh so get yourself ready if you're if you want to stay up late to get apparently maybe only starters and gift sets again and maybe play mats and and uh, portfolios they may only have a limited amount of product we'll have to wait and see um uh so other things that have happened is as of this this recording apparently uh the official website disney lorcana is down i just checked it two minutes ago i'm checking again right now and yes it is currently non-existent why so, what, what do you think the reason for that is are they retooling the entire website to put mm -hmm. up uh, tournament rules and all of the erratas and uh, comprehensive rules, all of and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, comprehensive, comprehensive rules. rules. Are they retooling the website for all of that? Because last time when store they, locator, yeah, store locator. I really need the comprehensive sure. rules so I can stop pulling the old trust me, bro. At, <laughs> uh, at... <laughs> or or spending five minutes trying to find the the Q and A tweet that referenced that specific thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe they're, uh, wanting to, uh, do the website in, in secret, uh, because last time they started making changes, some of us found the changes and, uh, saw some stuff that I don't think they wanted people to see. Um, it wasn't anything bad. It was just, I think we saw the text for what was being printed in the Trove book before the Trove came out. Blounder after dark. Yes. There you go. So uh, that is happening. And I think that's about it for uh, news. Is there any other news that I missed? Not that I can think of. Okay. So that means it's time for something. Something. Uh -oh. Someone's going to go five for five, right? Disney Jeopardy. I, I really I... shouldn't have built this. Up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm re I regret my decision immediately. Okay. So are, are you ready, Heath? Uh, probably not, but I'll I'll do it anyway. I will I will do my very best, sir. Salute you. For one hundred, these are the names of Hades' sidekicks in Hercules. Uh, pain and panic. Ding 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 ding. Okay, for two hundred, uh, lots of names today, I guess. These are the names of the two main mice in Cinderella. Oh. Um. Oh my goodness. Uh oh. Um, I think I was asked this one way back at the beginning when we were first you? Started, and I did not get it either. So, to be honest with you, I know I'm not going to get both. It's just the 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 uh, larger of the two mice that uh, I remember his name getting shouted out a lot, and I'm just I know <laughs> I just want to say it repeated a lot. They called his they said his name twice uh, often. Yeah. 
Um, it's like pizza pizza, but that was his name. Yeah. No, I'm I'm sorry, everyone. Not five for five. Oh, and this is only on the two hundred. <laughs> oh no. What Maybe. is? Go ahead. Who are Gus and Jack? It was Gus Gus that uh, that I I would have hoped to have remembered, but Jack I wouldn't have. Okay, for three hundred, I I I think you'll get this one. The Lion King is loosely based on this Shakespearean play, Hamlet. Nice. No, Macbeth. Is it Hamlet? Yeah, I was gonna say Hamlet, Hamlet or Macbeth. Yeah, it's Hamlet. Yeah. Okay, for four hundred, at nineteen years old, this is the oldest Disney princess, and I will give a hint to you because Elsa is a queen, not a princess, so it's not Elsa. Hmm. Oh, interesting. I'm not sure I've ever really paid attention to what their ages would be. Uh, so let me just kind of go through what some of them were. If uh, Pocahontas is historically accurate, it is not her. Uh, she was very young. In, uh, <laughs> A lot of them were. Yeah, they were. Okay. Um, Disney princesses at 19. Uh would that have been Rapunzel? No. Mm. What was her birthday? Because she was celebrating her birthday. I can't remember what birthday it was. I can't remember either. No, now I need to search. <laughs> Do I get a moment to search? What say every... To the Googles. Anybody? Again, we're going to get roasted in the comments. Rapunzel's birthday. Sorry, I've got a very loud keyboard. Uh, 18th birthday. Oh, it was one off. I'm like, she was pretty <laughs> old. All right. Who's 19? Uh... Who is Tiana from Princess Tiana. and the Frog? Yeah. yeah, I should have seen that. Yeah, because she's a working working gal. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. Already uh one for three. That's uh that's not great. Uh no, you're two for four. Two you for got four. Hamlet. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. Still, that's 50%. Come on. Ugh. But I, I brought some hard questions for you. Okay. So that's good. For 500. Uh, before being called Goofy, this was the name he was known by. This. This is a deep cut. This is a deep cut. Um, yeah. Wow. I'm not sure I've ever heard this in my life, but the thing is, I should know this because, spoiler alert, Goofy's my favorite character, but apparently not enough to know that he used to have a name <laughs> other than Goofy. I didn't know. Uh, this. No, I, I like. I can't even rack my brain because I'm not sure I've ever heard it in my life. So I know Mortimer for Mortimer Mouse, but uh, I don't know Goofy. The correct answer is who is Dippy Dog? I actually have heard that before. You know what? I have it like maybe once in my life. I've heard the name, but Mickey I Mouse it was not name. in connection to that. Was Goofy's original name? I've heard the name for some reason, but yeah, yeah. I think you might be right. I think I might have heard it in some other context. Mm -hmm. Um. Let me just say, after flaming out here uh, splendidly, uh, hopefully I'll get uh, a chance at redemption at some point in my life. Um, I do have a bone to pick with you about Jeopardy, or more specifically, James should have a bone to pick with you um, because he did steal bread. Aladdin did steal. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what? You know what? I put it in. Gary the... did put it in the comments. It's not just the comment, but like <laughs> the uh, the show notes. Yes. Right, like the pinned no. post. Okay. I, yeah, I mean, I, like, I, I know them. nobody reads those. Yes I, yes. I went through the comments. I was looking for it in the comments. I read. I, I saw that. And I'm like, okay, Jared. That's okay. It's literally featured in the one jump ahead. All this for a loaf of bread. Okay. I blame Google and my lack of, uh, and, and my laziness because <laughs> that's what uh, I saw on Google. Aladdin stole an apple. So the internet um, will always lead you astray. It's true. About the simplest things, too. Right? But like, So did he steal an apple? Because my recollection was Jasmine was the one that stole the apple. She, yeah, she picked up the apple to yeah. because she is, you know, clueless. And about then I guess technically things. he stole it because he gave it back, but then had it and popped it to the kid. Right. So, yeah, I guess he stole an apple as well. She gave it to a kid? No. Oh. He gave it to a kid. So she stole it. He gave it back to the guy, but really palmed it and tossed it to a kid. Gotcha. Oh. And that's not the first question that I asked James that I got wrong. And oh, really? I didn't notice the other one. I, well, I mean, well, not from that one, but from a prior yeah. time. So um, apparently you can't trust me as a <laughs> as a Jeopardy host. I think, I think what we've learned from that experience, though, is that whatever answer I give is correct. Apparently. Is, is that the lesson? 
I think that is. I think that is the lesson. Uh, well, it was fun. Uh, thanks so much for coming on, Heath. Oh, I had a blast. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I, I really appreciate uh, you having me on. Awesome. So if people want to find you online, where can they find you? Yeah, so YouTube at BR Guest Lorcana. And I would caution you if you go to search for BR Guest at Lorcana, because otherwise you'll just get a whole bunch of videos for the song. And rightfully so. Maybe pause and watch the song for a second. Uh, and then on Twitter at, at BOG. So the initials BOG Lorcana. Um, yeah, those are the only two places right now. I mean, I'm on Discord. You'll see me on Discord if you're in any of the Discords, but my official channels, let's say, yeah. which is Twitter and YouTube. Yeah. And if you liked what you heard, you can follow us on YouTube. You can subscribe to us on the platform of your choice for podcasting. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, my handle is citizens of Lorcana or C uh, of Lorcana because I had the same thing. My name was too long. And James, where can they find you? You can find me everywhere online at Dan Regal. And you can check out geekshotphoto.com for photography stuff for my wife and I and social media links and all that. And uh, again, thank you, Heath, for joining us. And thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time.